Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who is at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Now, you've heard about Hitler, and we know how horrible he was. We know about the 6 million Jews who were killed, the 3 million others who were subjected to torture and murder in his death camps. We know about the wars that Hitler started, one of the world's true monsters, but there were other monsters. Hitler was a socialist, National Socialism, after all, is Nazism. The name Nazism is an acronym for National Socialism, which I taught to people on my radio show over 15 years ago. But Stalin, of course, was a socialist, another mass murderer. And then, of course, there's Mao Zedong, the great hero of the American communist left. He was very big in the 60s, Mao Zedong. And there was a little American edition, an English edition, quotations from Chairman Mao Zedong, which I actually have in my hand, which was happily given out in America by left-wingers thinking it was cute. Can you imagine handing out booklets like Mein Kampf? No, you couldn't. But they gave out Chairman Mao Zedong's quotes, and I have them in my hand, and you're going to see how far this country has fallen, how close we are to losing everything, as I read quotes from this book from Chairman Mao Zedong. And this copy, by the way, was found in my archives by my assistant. He said, where'd you get this? I said, in the 1970s, I was given this in San Francisco by a man who owned a bookstore called City Lights Books. He passed away last year. Lawrence Ferlinghetti thought it was cute to give out copies of Chairman Mao's book. Now, remember, in those days, people were wearing blue Chinese uh, outfits and Tai Chi slippers. They thought they were all little communists, and they thought it was cute. So if you look anywhere through here, and I, I know, compare it to some of the news stories of the day, I can read you the chapter titles, and I can give you some of the quotes. It's all about revolution, revolutionary theory, and how to overcome quote, the bourgeoisie, which is the middle class. It's all about class struggle. This is exactly what BLM and Antifa are engaged in, as is the Democrat Party today. So let me begin with the contents page. Communist Party, classes and class struggle, socialism and communism, the correct handling of contradictions among the people, war and peace, imperialism, and all reactionaries are paper tigers. Does that, does that sound familiar? That's why they attack you in restaurants with impunity. Dare to struggle and dare to win. The People's War, the People's Army, leadership of party committees, the mass line, political work, relations between officers and men, relations between the army and the people, education, the training of troops, serving the people, patriotism and internationalism, revolutionary heroism, building our country through diligence and frugality, self-reliance and arduous struggle, Methods of thinking and methods of work, correcting mistaken ideas, discipline, communists, 
cadres, youth, women, culture, and art, and study. So I'm going to jump around in this book. And he starts by saying the force at the core leading our cause forward is the Chinese Communist Party. The theoretical basis guiding our thinking is Marxism-Leninism. Theoretical basis guiding our thinking is Marxism-Leninism. So this Chinese communist, Mao Zedong, got his ideas from the Russian communists, Marx and Lenin. It resulted in the death of 30 million people in China. He gave that at the opening address of the first session of the first National People's Congress of the People's Republic of China, September 15, 1954. He says, if there is to be revolution, there must be a revolutionary party. Without a revolutionary party, without a party built on the Marxist-Leninist revolutionary theory and in the Marxist-Leninist revolutionary style, it is impossible to lead the working class and the broad masses of the people in defeating imperialism and its running dogs. That's a speech from 1948. So where are we today? Is the Democrat Party today a Marxist-Leninist revolutionary party? No. But there's a wing of that party that is clearly Marxist-Leninist, and they are in league with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They are the core of the Communist Party USA. We know that or we don't know that. What methods do they use? How are they engaged? What can we do to fight them? The more I read to you today, the more your eyes are going to be opened. Your eyes are going to be opened, and then what are you going to do? You'll no longer be blind. There are those with eyes who see not, and those who are blind who see all. There are those with eyes who see not, and those who are blind who see all. Please don't be blind. Many of you have eyes, and you're blind. You're blind to what's going on right in front of your eyes. So, let me continue with this little red book of the mass murder of Mao Zedong, who was just so cute. In our country, bourgeois and petty bourgeois ideology, anti-Marxist ideology, will continue to exist for a long time. Let me pause there. Anyone who opposes them is considered an anti-Marxist. That's who you are. So we now have a Marxist, anti-Marxist struggle going on in this country. Anyone who stands up to them is purged. For example, Biden threw the head of the Space Force out because he tweeted something on his own social media about how Marxism was taking over the military. They fired the head of the U.S. Space Force. Tell me that's not Marxist ideology. So Mao Zedong goes on. He says, we have won the basic victory in transforming the ownership of the means of production. Well, that has not yet happened here. Right now, the Marxist-Leninists own Jack. They own nothing. Or shall I say, Jack owns social media and they own nothing. But we have not yet won complete victory on the political and ideological fronts. In the ideological field, the question of who will win in the struggle between the proletariat and the bourgeoisie has not been really settled yet. We still have to wage a protracted struggle against bourgeois and petty bourgeois ideology. That means against the middle class, against home ownership, against private property. He goes on. Mao Zedong writes, it is wrong not to understand this and to give up ideological struggle. All erroneous ideas, all poisonous weeds, all ghosts and monsters must be subjected to criticism. In no circumstance should they be allowed to spread unchecked, meaning 
critical race theory is the number one tool right now of destroying our children's minds, of criticizing them for being white and standing up to these communist bastards. Do you understand what's at stake here? You better make sure you're counted. Mao Zedong goes on. However, the criticism should be fully reasoned, analytical, and convincing, and not rough, bureaucratic, metaphysical, or dogmatic. Interesting. So that's why they're doing it in the schools and calling it race theory. They're trying to be reasoned, analytical, and convincing. It's not theory. Critical race theory is anti-white racism. Do you understand that? That was a speech at the Chinese Communist Party's National Conference on Propaganda Work, March 12, 1957. I'm reading to you from Mao Zedong's, Chairman Mao's Little Red Book, and I'm relating it to what is going on in America today. Michael Savage, a host like no other. So we're looking at the horror story of uh, communism, Chinese communism, Mao Zedong, the hero of Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and a good portion of the American misguided youth. And I'm reading from Mao's Little Red Book, which was given out for free in San Francisco in the 70s, in this case by Lawrence Ferlinghetti of City Lights Books. I always called it a communist bookstore. And, of course, I was right. I'm usually right about politics. I've rarely been wrong, which is why I'm still in the business of politics. And so I want to continue. And eventually I'm going to read to you and tell you some stories about what communism actually did to people. And not me telling you. I'll read from a book written by a woman called Life and Death in Shanghai by a woman named Yan Shang, who actually lived through this. The woman lived through this. She was born in Peking in 1915. She studied at the London School of Economics. She married a Chinese diplomat. They lived in Australia. And following the Communist Revolution, her husband became a general manager of Shell in Shanghai until he died in 57. And it talks about what they did to her when the communists took over the country. The miseries inflicted by the Cultural Revolution on this woman, her friends and associates. The history of the Cultural Revolution charting the rise and fall of the Red Guards, the senility and death of that bastard Mao Zedong, the power struggle of the Gang of Four, a first-hand account of the nightmare of China's communist cultural revolution, and shows the extremes of human nature. And I will tell you, your hair will stand up when I'm through, because Bernie Sanders is the worst man in American history. The absolute antithesis to George Washington is Bernie Sanders, the worst, the worst man on earth. He came along like a grandfatherly figure. And he said, I'm not a socialist, I'm a Democrat socialist. And he was the Pied Piper to low life, stupid people like occasional cortex. Rita Talab, a hater of America. She's a Palestinian revolutionary who wants to destroy America and the Jews and Christians. So I'm going to read you now from Mao Zedong again. Here he is. Taken as a whole, the Chinese revolutionary movement led by the Communist Party embraces the two stages. That is the democratic and the socialist revolutions. Shall I pause right there? Bernie Sanders came along and said he's not a communist. He's not a socialist. He's a Democrat socialist. And morons took it hook, line and sinker. I'll go again back to Mao Zedong. Two stages, the democratic stage and the socialist stage. 
which are two essentially different revolutionary processes. And the second process, which is socialism, can be carried through only after the first has been completed. The left in America is now trying to complete the first phase. And here it is. I'll go back to Mao. The democratic revolution is the necessary preparation for the socialist revolution. That would be getting the senile Joe Biden and Kamala Harris into office. That's the democratic revolution. That's the necessary preparation for the socialist revolution. And he goes on and says, and the socialist revolution is the inevitable sequel to the democratic revolution. The ultimate aim for which all communists strive is to bring about a socialist and communist society. Hmm. Comes from the Chinese Revolution and the Chinese Communist Party, December 1939 selected work. So now you know the genesis of it. There were communists in America long before Bernie Sanders, but he actually was the first winner take all. He goes on in another speech, Mao Zedong. Socialist revolution aims at liberating the productive forces. The changeover from individual to socialist collective ownership in agriculture and handicrafts and from capitalist to socialist ownership in private industry and commerce is bound to bring about a tremendous liberation of the productive forces. Thus, the social conditions are being created for a tremendous expansion of industrial and agricultural production. Of course, it failed once they took over. And millions of Chinese died once the government took over agriculture. So the social system is first attacked through democracy and then changed from private to public ownership. From private to public ownership. That's what the Biden administration is currently doing. They do it through a long march, through slow steps. I've been studying this since I'm 18 years old. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. So we're talking about how far the communists have come in America. You call them Marxists. You think it's a joke. You think it's about peace and freedom and love. It's about death and disaster. And I'm talking about what happened in China, Cambodia, the Soviet Union, where persecution became the norm. And here in America, we're being persecuted by Black Lives Matter, by the American left, by the media, by Antifa. And you will see where this will go unless you stand up and be counted. I'm reading to you from a book called The Life and Death in Shanghai by a woman, Yan Shang, who was caught up in these revolutionary times. And she spent six and a half years in solitary confinement during the Cultural Revolution, followed by years of constant surveillance and final rehabilitation rehabilitation that's what went on behind the bamboo curtains you will find out what chinese communism was like you will find out how it destroyed human lives so let me read you a page here so you get a picture and open your eyes so you're no longer blind to what's going on so they come to her house and they call her a revolutionary counter-revolutionary and they tell her to pack uh, that they're throwing her out of her house. They went through digging through her walls for gold and jewels. She had none. They ripped her house to pieces. They couldn't find anything. And the Red Guards, who then were, remember, young people, young people. When you hear young people from Bernie Sanders, the young people were the worst of all of them. They were the scum of the earth. 
young people that would be the ones stabbing people on subways. Those are the young people. When everything was packed, the trucks came. But to my great disappointment, the Red Guards did not leave the house when the trucks drove away with my possessions. So let me back it up a bit. After daybreak, several Red Guards and revolutionaries threw the door open. It seemed that their dispute, whatever it was, was resolved. The girl shouted, get up, get up, get up. A woman revolutionary told me to get something to eat in the kitchen quickly and then come upstairs to do some useful work. So she gets something to eat after they basically mentally tortured her for a few days. And her kidney collapsed and she drank water, ate some vegetables. Then a red guard opened the kitchen door and yelled, are you having a feast? What a long time you are taking eating that rice. Hurry up, hurry up. Now this is this woman in her own house. Her servant Lao Chao and I followed the Red Guards up the stairs. Chen Ma also joined us. We found that the Red Guards and the few remaining revolutionaries required our help in packing up my belongings so that they could be taken away. I helped readily to get rid of them. The presence of the Red Guards and the revolutionaries was more intolerable to me than the loss of my possessions. They seemed to me alien creatures from another world with whom I had no common language. Does that sound like you looking in the eyes of Antifa or your teacher in college? I'll go on. In the eyes of the Red Guards and the revolutionaries, Lao Chao was not a class enemy, even though they probably thought him misguided and lacking in socialist awareness to work for me. They chatted with him freely. I could see Lao Chao was doing his best to appear friendly, too. While we were sitting on the floor packing up the things that had been scattered everywhere, I heard the Red Guards excitedly discussing their forthcoming journey to Peking to be reviewed by Chairman Mao. And they talk about how much they can't wait to be seen by Chairman Mao like their Hitler, the Chinese Hitler. Okay. I was interested in what the Red Guards were saying. It seemed the army was working behind the scenes to support and direct the Red Guards activities. When everything was packed, the trucks came. A woman revolutionary said to me, you must remain in the house. You're not allowed to go out of the house. The Red Guards will take turns to be here to watch you. I was astonished and angry. I asked her, what authority have you to keep me confined in the house? I have the authority of the proletarian revolutionaries. I want to see the order in writing, I said, trying to control my trembling voice. Why do you want to go out? Where do you want to go to? A woman like you would be beaten to death outside. We're doing you a kindness in putting you under house arrest. Lao Chao will be allowed to stay and do the marketing for you. Do you know what's going on outside? This is a full-scale revolution going on. She says, I don't particularly want to go out. It's the principle of the matter. What principle? Since you don't want to go out, why argue with me? You stay here until we decide what to do with you. That's an order. She swept out of the house. I was given the box spring of my own bed placed on the floor to sleep on. A change of clothes and a sweater hung in the empty cupboard. A suitcase containing my winter clothes and the green canvas bag with the quilt and blankets for the colder days were left in a corner of the room. Besides the table and chairs in the kitchen, I was left with two chairs and a small coffee table. The Red Guards detailed to watch me sat on the two chairs outside my room so that I had to sit on the box spring on the floor. My daughter was allowed to live in her own room, but I was not allowed to in there or to speak to her when she came home, which was very seldom, as she had to spend more and more nights at the film studio taking part in the Cultural Revolution. Did you hear this? And she goes on and talks about when she's placed under house arrest and she's called a class enemy and her servant pleads with the Red Guards not to take her away. And they say to her, don't you realize she is your class enemy? Why should you care whether she has enough clothes or not? The Red Guards said. Chen Ma's daughter seemed frightened of the Red Guards and urged Chen Ma to leave, but Chen Ma said, I must say goodbye to Mei Mei. Tears were streaming down her face. One of the Red Guards became impatient. She faced Chen Ma militantly and said, haven't you stayed in this house long enough? 
She is the daughter of the class enemy. Why do you have to say goodbye to her? When I put my arms around Chen Ma's shoulders to hug her for the last time, she burst into loud crying. The red guards pulled my arms away and pushed Chen Ma and her daughter out of the front door. Lao Chao followed them out with Chen Ma's luggage and I heard him getting a pedicab for them. You want me to go on? Because it's going to get much worse. It's going to get very, very bad if I continue reading to you what happened in China after the Mao Zedong revolution and what it has to do with here in America under the communist revolution that was recently started by Bernie Sanders, the greatest enemy the American people have ever had come along. And he's playing a major role in the Democrat Party today. And Joe Biden is nothing but a stooge and a moron. So here's an astonishing piece from the book. And again, I'm reading from the mass murderer, Mao Zedong's Little Red Book, once oh so popular in leftist circles. But if you read this book the way I am looking at it, you will see how far they have come uh, in taking over this country and most of the West. So here, Mao Zedong talks about Taiwan and the Arabs, who he considers his friends. Does that sound familiar? Here it is. U.S. imperialism invaded China's territory of Taiwan and has occupied it for the past nine years. This was written back in 1958. I will remind you that Taiwan was created by people who fled communist Chinese government and created a beautiful, booming society on Taiwan. And then he talks about the United States, and he says, the United States has set up hundreds of military bases in many countries all over the world. China's territory of Taiwan, Lebanon, and all military bases of the United States on foreign soil are so many nooses around the neck of U.S. imperialism. The nooses have been fashioned by the Americans themselves and by nobody else, and it is they themselves who have put these nooses around their own necks, handing the ends of the ropes to the Chinese people. The peoples of the Arab countries and all the peoples of the world who love peace and oppose aggression. The longer the U.S. aggressors remain in those places, the tighter the nooses around their necks will become. Speech at the Supreme State Conference, September 8th, 1958. So if you look at those pushing Islam, you will see that Islam fundamentally is a communist doctrine, a top-down communist doctrine. It is not a religion. It's a political structure. And so he wisely saw his allies in the Muslim world. Do you understand this? And he said that our own military bases and our own military forces in these foreign places were nooses that we have put around our own necks. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.